Welcome to Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan, a podcast where two friends catch up and talk about whatever nerdy stuff comes to mind, usually over hookah. Enjoy. Oh my word! These last uh, this last week has been bad. It's been a hellish, uh, hellacious uh, week for me. Hopefully, it's been okay for you. It's it has been not all right. What's going on with you? Oh man! I heard just... everybody was sick. It wasn't the big C sick, was it? No, I don't think so. It's I guess it's possible. We uh, Adrea has been fine. Adrea is like patient zero who has whatever whatever we got, she had as an asymptomatic wackiness. Is that's the only explanation for this? Because she's like totally fine. She's had yeah, zero symptoms. But they're petri dishes. <laughs> well, right, right. But uh I had I guess it's possible that it's all that we had COVID and that Adrea was just asymptomatic. That's possible. Um but the so like you know Beth has Beth had a sore throat and and is, continues to have a bad cough. I had a sore throat and was really congested. Emily has had like a little fever off and on and and also has a cough and is congested. And um, I had this <laughs> this moment. So like we lost power for like twelve hours on Monday, like wow. because of the snow. Because Virginia can't handle its shit and. Uh, <laughs> And and so we lost power for a long time, and we're starting to feel not very good, and you know, and I'm just ugh, like it's just not good. And uh, I have never been this congested for this long. Like I'll get colds, but like I'm pretty good at like making my colds last for three and a half days. You know, like yeah. I'm pretty good at like cool, get some Zycam in me, talk up on Dayquil and Nyquil, get going, it's over. You know, and. Uh, the first three days of whatever junk I got, I could not sleep. Like, like the, the, it was so, the, the congestion was so intense and my snoring was so loud that I would just wake <laughs> myself up. Like I could not sleep. And, and like the second day that happened, I started to have like little panic attacks. Like this is going to be my life forever. I'm never going to escape this because I can't sleep. It'll be over. Oh my God, I'm going to die. Like awful, just awful. <laughs> and then like, so I canceled church for this Sunday, not just because I'm sick, but because there's still folks in town that don't have power. Right. You know, like like because of the snow and we don't have any anyone to shovel any of like like or plow any of like the, the roads around the church. So it's just we're just sort of shit out of luck. And so I've got church canceled. My well, church how much account- snow are we talking about here? So, so like I would consider it to be if we, if this happened in Pennsylvania, I would have considered it to be a decent amount of snow, but definitely not something that would have resulted in the cancellation of everything for a week, you know? Because <laughs> in Pennsylvania, like like maybe for a day, yeah, like wow, because it was really wet snow, like power, you know, trees were really hanging low, like like fine, whatever. But uh, but man, this shut us all down. We were we were embarrassingly shut down. For you know, people still are like Andrea had no preschool for the entire week, you know, like like and then there's like we just I look outside, things are fine, but like but like it's the power company in particular, it just it just all sorts of people lost power and it's and it's just garbage. And so, you know, my trip to California got canceled, so I've been doing this doing the thing online and I've been sick and I've been kind of logging on online, and then tomorrow I have to do my poster presentation and I'm just 
not I'm not having a good time. I'm, I'm, I'm done. It. I'm done. I'm like, all right, I'd like this to stop. <laughs> That's like that. I'm sorry you're going through all that. Oh, it's okay. I'm just I'm just a whiny bitch. What did you <laughs> what did you send me? Heaven sent. Heaven bent. Heaven bent. Oh, oh, oh. Is it your your crazy counterpart? I guess <laughs> Richie Richie saw that uh, an album, and I thought it'd be funny to funny. to show it to you. So <laughs> I like that. I'm thinking that we should have our faces superimposed onto that picture and just use that as our promos. You, you should. You should. Nobody <laughs> remembers Heaven Bent, and like no, you're gonna get. Yeah, I don't even know who they are. You're gonna get one person, you know, in a weird biker bar, being like, "You guys, you guys stole that from Heaven Bent." How do you know that? How do you know that, brother? That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited because uh, next week is our first show of the new year. Cool. Um, we're playing with DTK over in Dubois, a pretty big club. And uh, I expect it to be a good one. So I'm excited to get back into it. Um, we we have a lot of shows booked this coming up soon. And I just hope that uh, this year is better than last year because last year sucked. I hope so too. We'll see what happens. I uh, I'm trying not to to doom scroll. I know that UVA uh, is going to have spring semester without any extra mitigations or anything. Um, but we also we still have to get boosted. Like every all faculty, staff, and students have to show proof of being boosted before right. the semester starts. Which I get, which is good. Like sure, great. Um, but but we're not doing any like. There's no like online component for the first couple of weeks. Like a lot of schools are doing that, and so I'm I'm like, okay, well, I'll see how this goes. <laughs> I don't know. We did okay in the fall, but that was before the Omicron. And well, you see, that's why you had a snowstorm. It was God's way of quarantining everyone. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I really am. Joe probably has COVID, and so Joe Joe was going to come and preach for me this Sunday. Oh really? While I did uh, while I did my presentation, and then I canceled it. And then Joe's like, "Well, that's probably good because I'm almost certainly have COVID." I was like, "Oh well, that's bad. <laughs> you know. I guess that all works out." <laughs> Jesus Christ! Wow, no, so it's been crazy. Well, Virginia, Virginia is just—it's been nuts. Albemarle County, where I'm at, everything has been really high, and people aren't even back from school into school yet. Yeah, and it's really high, so it's just going to be. Well, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. The numbers are high in Pennsylvania too. But first of all, I'm in a much more rural area than you are, right? right. Um, so there's just not as many people to be infected. And secondly, nobody here cares. They just yeah. go about their <laughs> go about their business anyway. They just do their thing. No, you're yeah, right. you're right. But uh, other than that, I'm I'm like I'm doing some reading. I'm, I'm reading James and the Giant Peach to Adrea. Mm-hmm. She's really liking that. She's able to point out words now, which is really weird. Right. Like that word's this. And I was like, yeah, it's true. I I guess you can kind of read. I guess that's <laughs> kind of weird. Um and and I've been reading some different different books sort of that aren't really about a, a part of school stuff since I have some time to do that. And I put in a paper proposal for the political theological network. And so in a, in a couple of weeks I'll year back from them and we'll see if my paper proposal was accepted and then i can write a paper for them wow and that'll be nice put that on my <laughs> put that on the old resume 
Sweet. And so, yeah, that's what, I, what I've been doing. Cool. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, not doing much of anything except for I've been doing electrical work and waiting to start my new job. I got my start date. Cool. It's on the 24th. So okay. I'll be heading back to the dark side then. Collect Good. that sweet, sweet cash. Yep. But Amanda's went hiking today. Um, it's like 19 degrees. She's insane. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, we we did Friday Night Live last night. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, not a whole lot of people there, but it was entertaining all the same. Good. And uh, we left Maddie at the grandparents' house. She's still there. So cool. I'm enjoying some quiet me time today. <laughs> Good. <laughs> this doesn't Good. happen very frequently. That feels good. That feels really good. Anything cool? Uh, like like any any good acts at Friday Night Live this time around? Uh, there's there's um there's always a couple good ones that we had a we had a, a former pastor yeah. who came up. Um, his name's I don't know if you want to beep this out, but McGarry was his name. McGarry, okay. Uh, I don't know if you were familiar with him here. I don't he, know. But he he started off by saying that he had mental problems <laughs> <laughs> so it was a really interesting lead-in and then i mean he's a he's a veteran um so he was telling us about things that happened to him in iraq and mm. uh it, it was a little different than what you did <laughs> but he was very clearly um uh he was different <laughs> <laughs> but it was good uh there was a couple other chris got up and did some some stuff and uh jeremy gross is one of the guys that was in my play he played a couple of original songs that he's written and they were quite good he's a very good musician i really like his his uh lyrics he he's a very good lyricist Ooh. um he kind of writes in a kind of folk style sure. of music but like the lyrics are really good. They're really, they're really poignant and they're clever. And I think, I think he's got a gift for, for lyrics. Ooh. So we were talking about maybe putting some sort of project together where I can do some instrumental stuff and he can write some lyrics and see what happens there. Cause we're both bored. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So he's been playing Dungeons and Dragons with me. Oh, that's, so. that's fun. That's yeah, cool. we we started playing Dungeons and Dragons again. Cool, so. cool. I'm missing out. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I guess we're only like one night and two nights into it now. So, sure. I love I love Dungeons and Dragons. I forgot how much I missed it. You know? Oh yeah, no. I blast. started I started playing Dungeons and Dragons when I was a little kid. You know, mm-hmm. I still have my original dice from whenever I was like twelve. You know, I'm I'm that cool nerd. Ones. Right. That's good. That's a good thing. And it's just it's just fun. Like with the new additions and everything, it, it's a little bit it's it's neat for me because it's new to me. Sure. But uh yeah, I've been having a ball with it. Good. You good. you used to play Dungeons and Dragons when you were a kid, right? I played I started playing with Nick and, and Ange and uh and our other best friend Jory. Um I started the first time I played was in college. Um, 
and and it was fun i like i took to it like i it's not like i ever was like against playing like i just never had a chance to and one of our roommates newman who is my my dm through most of college he he was doing like this beginner campaign with folks who wanted to do it like we had advertised yeah. it uh in in like the like it's like a club yeah and um and so i jumped in and and was like yeah i'll try it out newman and and i very quickly i was like oh yeah oh okay yeah yeah i get it i understand <laughs> sure 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 you know and and i and and newman i blame newman for a lot of my um uh idiosyncrasies <laughs> when it comes to that game because newman was a ruthless dm who yeah. who like really who who punished you if you were boring him yeah and so like i spent a lot of my time just sort of screwing with things and like trying to not be boring um and and so a lot of the stuff i do is is sort of rooted in that you know it's not really <laughs> rooted in and which which in the end of the day causes causes me to get kicked out of a number of games uh and and so my dungeons and dragons legacy in seminary was i played a little bit but primarily i was just asked not to play because, because <laughs> people didn't like it people were like uh we're trying to have a fun time and i'm like yeah me too i'm trying to have a fun time as well <laughs> and i hate combat that's when my, that's the other thing that newman taught me newman taught me a hatred for, for, for combat in D and so like i I, I spend a lot of my time avoiding combat as much as possible whenever I play. Right. And and not everybody likes that. I'm like, come on, like like <laughs> combat is boring and cheap and dumb. You know, like I don't have time for that. Let's politic our way around it. Yeah. Well, see, I like to infuse a, a fair amount of politics and other sorts of aspects into my game because I'm I'm running the game. Um so I I, I try to give enough um other interesting things to do besides fight like the the first night that they these this new group played they they got in they had one fight and it was like at the very end and it was not a terribly like it wasn't that wasn't the the crux of the action like that wasn't like the point or where the where the guys were having fun you know they were having fun figuring out sort of what was going on and i'm i'm always very elaborate with my planning i have everything sort of figured out i have backstories figured out i have contacts figured out you know so that I, it's it's tough to surprise me <laughs> right it's tough to do something that like i'm not expecting because i'm i'm not kind of meticulous planner like whenever i do everything whenever i direct a play whenever i write a song whenever i you know whatever it is i do i tend to overdo you know yeah. um mm -hmm. and and it, and it works out because it it, it there's no there's no like downtime or lag time i can very easily keep people moving in the right direction because i've got everything sort of scaled out and it doesn't feel like i'm pushing them they don't recognize they don't realize that i'm pushing them in a certain direction or not it's just the way that it's told and it feels very organic and natural and they they are under the false belief that they are in control and they can choose what to do <laughs> right right but, but really I get it no, <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. That's why I, uh, yeah, no, no, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. I see. And my my instinct as a player is to rebel, yeah. always against any any time I sense somebody is trying to a DM is trying to get me to do something. I my 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 instinct is to cause as much chaos as I possibly can in that mm -hmm. moment. 
um and and so you know that for only only because i'm when i play when i when i game i i run on pure instinct i'm just yeah. one walking id that's all i am when I game. <laughs> yeah. you know period that's it and and so i i remember forcing i we played a firefly campaign in college there's a firefly d20 that's really fun and um I walked into my character walked into a bar and Corey, whom you've met, was yeah. DMing that. And Corey, <laughs> Corey, I was like, all right, Corey, what do I see? Corey's like, well, you see the bartender. There's some horse in the back. There's uh, a couple of guys talking over here. And then there's this really weird fella sitting in a corner. He's whispering to himself. And I'm like, mm. OK, I leave the bar. Corey's like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, yeah, I leave the bar. <laughs> It doesn't seem like there's anything interesting in here. <laughs> Corey's like, ah, ah. And so he spent like most of the game just me wandering around the planet. Like not, not I was like, I'm sorry. I'm not doing this, Corey. I'm not going to. I'm not, I'm not. I've dealt with 100 players like you. <laughs> I know. I'm a pain in the ass. I, I, I enjoy it. Here's why I don't like combat. So one time I was, I was um, you ever play Pathfinder? No, I never played Pathfinder. I've heard good things, but it's a good it's a good little system. Like it's a really good system for like beginners, I think. So I grew right. up when I played D and D. When I first learned D and D, I grew up on three point five. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my in like I've played five zero, but a lot of my instincts are sort of rooted in three point five. And I think Pathfinder plays to that a little bit. But it, but I also think it's a, a really good like system for if nobody's ever came before. It, it's a good system for that. But I was playing Pathfinder and. Um, I was the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> he created a, a fighter character that was just Dusty Rhodes. And um, <laughs> I had a blast doing it. And we were in combat and we were fighting a, a huge insect, like just like a massive mammoth of like a grasshopper thing. Right. And it has me in its mandibles, right? Right. So it comes down, it's got me in its mandibles. I'm right up there on its face. And I, and I, say i'm gonna bionic elbow its eye dusty's <laughs> move is a bionic elbow i'm gonna bionic elbow right. its eye now it's gigantic it's right in front of me and the dm's like well that's a called shot so you take penalties and i looked at him and i was like that's the dumbest bullshit i've ever heard in my life <laughs> its eye is six feet in, di- in circumference like like yeah. and it's right in front of me it's it's not a called shot I don't take penalties for that. It's right there. It's the only thing I can hit. Mm, you take penalties for it. And I rolled, and because of the penalties, it, it didn't work. And I left. I was like, fuck you. And I, and I went home. I was like, I'm not playing this fucking game anymore. I hate this. This is bullshit. This is complete bullshit. And I did. I left. I walked right home. Uh, and, and they, <laughs> I could not believe it. I was like, you are punishing me <laughs> because I'm just trying to have a good time. Rage quitting in a role playing session. I did. <laughs> I was so mad, Matt. Like, like I, I'm like, that's the dumbest shit in the world. Like, yes, if it was a regular insect and I was trying to, to buy on a gobble, it's I fine. But like, it's right in front of me. I could have taken. I should have been able to take twenty on it. You know, like, yeah. give me a break. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of the frustrating things I find a lot of times whenever I'm playing an adventure. Is I find that a lot of 
a lot of dungeon masters or game controllers, whatever you want to call them, whatever system you're playing, tend to play against the players. It's almost yeah. like a, a versus thing. And if you're if you're doing that like that, then you don't really have the right mentality to run a game. Like you're not no. supposed to, you're supposed to be like a neutral arbiter of what happens. Um, I, I try very hard to make sure that whenever I'm running a game that I'm not like playing against the characters. I'm I'm putting up. I'm, I take a lot of care into encounters to make sure that they're not too powerful or not powerful enough before I before I spring them on people. I don't use a lot of random encounters. Um, but you know, I, I don't roll behind a screen, like a lot of DMs roll behind a screen or something like that. So they can kind of fluff their roles. I think I I show you right there. That's what it was. And like, I often explain what, what the parameters of the combat are. So everybody is at least on the same page. And then Mm. if you die, you die, you know, but I I don't rescue people either, you know? (laughs) Sure, sure. I'm not asking for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be neutral. That. I'm gonna be neutral, you know. So right, but we're having yeah, a lot I, of fun with it. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys are having fun. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are having fun. We haven't had anything get started up around here. Um, it's a religious studies program, so so people are bound to be playing at some point, you know. Like sure. it's just not. It's we we haven't we haven't really gotten to it. My one of my friends in the program, Anderson, has played and likes to DM. And I was like, I play with you, Anderson. He's he's like, oh yeah. What kind of a player are you? And then I've had to explain it to him. <laughs> I'm an asshole. <laughs> I'm kind of an asshole, Anderson. <laughs> yeah. And Anderson's like, okay, you know, fine. Well, one thing that I'm really happy to hear is that like people in a religious studies group can can actually play Dungeons and Dragons without like this fear of guilt or like because no. back when I, when I was a kid man that was worshiping the devil right my mom thought I was yeah. worshiping the devil this is why I started listening to Metallica and Megadeth and playing Dungeons and Dragons and stuff mm-hmm. and I had no interest whatsoever in the devil I just enjoyed her yeah. flipping out oh <laughs> well, yeah that's part of the appeal that's where but, but I think it's funny here you know 25 30 years later we're looking back on things and like all the university or playing dungeons and dragons which used to be like the bane of existence right right there was right. congressional hearings about it you know <laughs> yeah it's the best thing that ever happened in dungeons and dragons is is, <laughs> is that the satanic panic and everybody freaks out no religious studies programs are always the best shit for it because um the the students and the and the faculty kind of have this weird common you know this weird common interest in all the same sorts of things right so like um like I, every i i'm almost 100 percent sure that every one of my professors has played dungeons and dragons or or <laughs> plays dungeons and dragons like i'm i'm almost 100 percent sure like that that is true but like we um when i was writing my paper two semesters ago on zeal and ardor i just mm-hmm. sort of brought it up to my my professor to one of my my um my advisor paul yeah i'm writing this paper paul on this uh satanic black metal band that does negro spiritual stuff and it's really really cool and he's like oh is that like um um god what's what did he say is that like uh uh you know god rest you black emperor or something like that like i was like huh and he's like oh i listened to some black metal band called something or other and i was like oh good (laughs) sure 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 (laughs) right 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 I think the advantage is like is is twofold. Number one, we live in a society that's so detached from 
other people with it, the more we could become connected the less we become connected you know mm-hmm. so we always have these social media things we always have but there's no real like interconnection with people anymore and when you play dungeons and dragons you have the opportunity to sit down at a table with other people in the same room and you have face-to-face contact there's no screens there's no there's no like mm-hmm. artificial bullshit it's just it's just other people in the room creating something so that that is healthy to me yeah I agree. right and it also breeds the mentality for people like uh, that are more thoughtful and more um, more apt to be able to to communicate and describe their emotions or their feelings or their motivations or whatever because they they kind of when you play when you play the game with other people it kind of develops it kind of sharpens those skills a bit. So that you're better able to communicate, you're better, you're better able to like interact with other people, you're better able to like, to adapt to different mm-hmm. situations. And I, so I mean, not to make Dungeons and Dragons like the, the, uh, the, the cure for society's ills <laughs> or anything, but I definitely think that there's, there's more positive to it than there is negative, even though, even though, you know, you're sitting around, you're using your imagination, and you're talking about fantastical things that aren't real and you're doing maybe you know sinful or debaucherous things with your characters or whatever but you're still you're still interacting with other people and you're still solving problems and you're working things out with other human beings and uh i don't think we get enough of that in society it's certainly not something you get off of Fortnite. it's certainly not something you get off of minecraft you know Mm -hmm. it's and you know when you have like a political discourse with somebody at work and you've already and you just came off of a game, you know, <laughs> you are, you can, you can kind of react a little bit sure. more nimbly when you're speaking to someone <laughs> than, than mm-hmm. had you not had that experience. So I think it's a positive thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I, my, my buddy, Jory, when he was a pastor, he was an associate pastor for a while. Um, one of the big, one of his biggest successes as this associate pastor who, who's, primary job was to he preached every like once a month but then his primary job was to do ministry with young people um his biggest success was doing dungeons and dragons with young adults and youth yeah. at church like like his he just he started that up he was like hey here's what we're gonna do you know and he he dm'd you know six campaigns and people came out of the woodwork to try it out and and a lot of the stuff you're talking about is exactly what that kind of stuff can inculcate, right? It can inculcate right. community and communication and, and um, uh, uh, sort of gets rid of some boundaries, you know, and makes makes people more human to each other, I think. It forces people to be more open-minded. It forces yeah. people to be a little bit more, I, this sounds weird, but compassionate towards one another. You know, you, sure. you can, you have to interact with each other to achieve this goal or this, whatever, whatever it is that you're, in-game party is doing you have to you have to work together and you have to use each other's unique skills and abilities figure out what they are and kind of work together to, to get it done and that translates very well to the real world right? yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> plus nobody that- wants to nobody wants to come out to like church camp and talk about like noah's ark they want to come out and talk about dragons man yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't think I've ever met a person in their right mind who wants to sit around and talk about Noah's Ark, except for <laughs> except for 
biblical literalists and humongous assholes who, who <laughs> think who think they're being who think they're being real clever, pointing out that Noah's Ark either couldn't possibly have happened, or if it did happen, then God killed babies. I'm like, yes, we know, we know. <laughs> We know, we know. If this was real, God would be a baby murderer. <laughs> well, God, God's very clearly a baby murderer. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if... you read the you read the firstborn story in the New Testament where they smeared, uh, you know, or not in the in, New Testament. in in that book of Exodus. Yeah, yeah. in the book the, of Exodus where mm-hmm. they smeared blood over lamb's blood over their doors to prevent their firstborn child from being murdered. Well, who sent the angel of death? That's right god yeah there's plenty of examples that that god at least old school god og god was like (laughs) a murdering murderer man (laughs) yeah i mean that's uh that's why a lot of the ancient christian like interpreters of the hebrew bible you know like uh i think gregory of nissa sort of flat out says um when he reads like like when he reads like that story right when he reads the angel of death is sent and murders all these babies Vanessa flat out says in his commentary on that, well, because this absolutely didn't happen and God definitely didn't do that. You know, what, what else, what else can we glean from this story? You know, like he, he immediately begins with, of course, this didn't happen. God doesn't do this bullshit. Um, and I, you know, there's a part of me that loves that because uh, it helps me not have to try that hard. Like, it's not that I don't want to wrestle with the text, right? Like part of my entire job as a pastor is to is to make people confront texts you know in the bible that that they don't that they're either trained to see you know they're either trained to ignore or they're sort of trained to immediately interpret in a way that is um uh fluid and nimble right so like um the abortion is murder folks many of them are biblical literalists that seems a little wacky because, <laughs> you know, as you said, God kills babies all the time in the Old Testament. Yeah. So I don't in really the Old understand. Testament, God clearly gives no fucks about anybody but the Jews. Like he doesn't yeah, care. Like, about, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm, I don't know. I'm just, you know, it's weird. Well, well, like that's that's a part of it. This kind of nimble training that that folks who are who are grow up in this way of thinking about the Bible are sort of are sort of indoctrinated with. Right. Like there's this dance that they do this sort of mental gymnastics that they do that that allow certain stories to be interpreted one way and other stories to be interpreted another way and um when you kind of encounter the history of biblical reception when you encounter the history of christians interpreting scripture um you discover that there are actually quite a few rules to be able to interpret the hebrew bible in a way that uh, doesn't result in us going, wow, God's a fucking asshole, you know, like, <laughs> um, and it's not just we ignore stuff. It's like there's there's a there's a number of Christian rules that that these biblical literalists don't like to follow either, because it also requires them to they like to follow it sometimes. Right. Like right. like like the um, a biblical literalist that really enjoys lobster easily fall easily is able to take this the the commandments in leviticus against eating shellfish and come up with a way we interpret them so that they can still eat lobster <laughs> but a biblical literalist that really hates gay people has a hard time implying that same hermeneutic <laughs> to, right. to levitical laws that seem to, to imply that gay people are an abomination um i would just like folks to be consistent and and <laughs> 
you know, go from there. But I would just like them to play Dungeons and Dragons so maybe they can lighten up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That might be true. Nerds are nerds are notorious for being on one hand awful. Like on one hand, nerds are gatekeeping weirdos who have many of us who have a hard time with change and have a hard time with, you know, uh, a, a lot of things, right? It's like whenever, you know, if, if Spider-Man's black, I'm going to fucking kill him or kill myself. And I'm like, you're <laughs> being, complete, being completely outrageous, brother. Like, like, like Spider-Man's not real. He can be whatever fucking color we want him to be. You know, <laughs> that's fine. But, um, but on the other hand, like, I've also found that nerds are um, uh, very good at community often. You know, and they're very good at um, coming up with really good open-minded ways of forming community and, and coming up with ways of doing community that, that are pretty good and by and large, particularly when they're not being gatekeeping assholes, are actually really good at things like diversity, like they get it. This is why um, churches that are built around um, popular people are, are often fail failures. Yeah, at least in the long run. In the short run, it seems to be working really, really well. The youth group I used to go to in Camp Hill. So my family used to be connected to a big Methodist church in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Um, you guys can look it up. It's called Camp Hill United Methodist Church. I won't <laughs> lie. Um, but one of the running jokes of of Camp Hill United Methodist Church of the youth group there, there was like this seventy person youth group. It was humongous that I was a part of, and the running joke of that youth group was. Um, yeah, you can be a part of Camp Hill United Methodist Church Youth Group. Are you hot? <laughs> Is your sister hot? <laughs> All right, well then you're in. You know, like, yeah. like and that's that's kind of how it was, and uh, and that that is how it was. And and in hindsight, it's it's one of the worst possible ideas you can come up with, because uh, because you know who's notoriously awful at forming community popular rich kids who are yeah. who, who never have to do anything you know <laughs> right like they're terrible at community they're awful at community it's not that good looking rich people can't be a part of the church it's just that good looking rich people probably shouldn't be dictating the rules of the church you well know, they've never been they've never been on the outside looking in they've never been at the bottom right. they've never so and and that was one of my one of the points I was going to bring up is like, we've, we've come to a point in our society now where being a nerd's not necessarily a bad thing anymore. Sure. Right. Like when I was in elementary, middle school, high school, being a nerd was a bad thing. Right. Mm. Cause you had the, the jocks and the, you know, the preps that were the popular kids and then the nerds were, were frowned upon. Right. But now it's okay. It's okay to be a nerd. It's okay to be unique. It's okay to be a little bit aloof and weird and those people aren't the ones that are like screwing society up it's (laughs) like i was reflecting on this when i was listening to some of the the uh commentary and some of the like speakers at like harry reed's funeral where they're like they're they're the elites right the powerful people that are in charge of our country are all meeting and talking about harry reed at his funeral and, and they're completely out of touch they're completely and they're all Democrats, so they're all members oh. of my party, but they're all like they're clueless about like everyday struggles. And that's not to say that they're like bad people or that their hearts oh. are in the right place. They just don't they don't get it. They're old. They're very, very old. And they don't like understand like our society right now. And they're the ones that are leading it. And mm-hmm. that's that's a problem. Right. So like I feel like the nerds have 
kind of come out of the basement and we're but the you know when it when you when you see somebody like really causing problems it's probably not a kid that's sitting around playing dungeons and dragons right like it's 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 somebody else right so you know it's it's nice to have uh the freedom to be a nerd now Uh, Mm -hmm. and i think it makes our world a better place (laughs) i think it does too i think it does too i I mean it's some of the best uh in a similar vein you know some of the best pastors and church planners and and minister christian people i've ever met are are gay folks why well for a lot of reasons but one of the reasons is gay folks understand what it means to be on the outside right and so it's for them for for many folks like that who know jesus and and want to be a part of the church they get they understand how to create loving community they understand how to be welcoming they understand and they also understand how to back off and let somebody else be themselves they also understand how to how to not try to control and dominate someone else rather Mm -hmm. to coexist with them and to you know there's a there's a kind of use soft power like we've talked about yeah yeah where where you don't you don't have to dominate your opponent. You can, you can work with them no matter what their background and you can be respectful of their, their own choices and their own opinions without being offended or without being uh, turned off to the point where nothing gets done. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, it's good to know that, that things like Dungeons and Dragons um, uh, is the breeding ground for stuff like that. It is. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's far from it's far from worshiping the devil actually <laughs> i wouldn't go yeah, so far as to really. say it's doing god's work but i mean it's, yeah i wouldn't you know definitely I'm not doing, gonna it's it. definitely being more human than, i mean right right if, if i play a character with pointy ears you know <laughs> maybe i huh. can see things from a different perspective if i if i have blue skin or or pointy ears if i can do that then i can certainly see somebody's different perspective from their sexuality standpoint or from their you know from their religious orientation or whatever it is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's the thing I'm, and and the satanic panic stuff you know i i only i only ever vaguely understand the satanic panic of the you know of any time period you know whether it's dungeons and dragons or critical race theory or um all the other things that communism you know yeah <laughs> it's there i go okay i mean i i I don't know. Like part of it is my own theology. Like, I mean, the people who are worshiping the devil are like, you know, crazy, bizarro capitalists who, who are like, you have to go to work sick. I don't care if you got COVID. <laughs> right. Like that's, that's worshiping the devil. motherfucker. <laughs> right. like, like, that's not, that not, um, not like trying to become a level 10 warlock. That doesn't worship <laughs> the devil as a game. But I love it. I love it. Cool. Oh my! Well, I don't know if I have much else. We we talked for a little while. Yeah. You wanna? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a little tired today, so <laughs> tired too. <laughs> it's been a rough day, listeners. It's been a rough time. It's been a rough time for the world. But uh, let's sign us off. Sure, friends. This has been a, a a short but sweet episode of Hugo Chats with Matt and Ethan. We will see you next time.